listener's choice on my part. Adrenochrome, blood harvesting, the satanic cultures embedded in our everyday life, the literal selling of your soul to succeed in the film and music industry, maybe the UFO disclosure and alien agenda, or perhaps the ushering in of a one-world order by use of holographic technology that will simulate the return of our ancient demigods. Well, being a fair and just host, I won't make you choose. Tonight's guest and I will touch on all of these topics and more. Joel Thomas, one half of the music group Van Tesla sits in and opens up about some of his uncomfortable truths. And how Van Tesla is actually more of a movement tasked with getting these truths to those of us who haven't completely embraced our cognitive dissonance. Joel, welcome to Uncomfortable. How you doing, Eric? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? I'm doing pretty good today. I want to thank you for being here tonight. Oh, I appreciate it. I'm pretty excited. Uh, not not quite as excited as I am. I uh, <laughs> I happened to cross Tony Merkel's Confessionals podcast a couple of weeks ago when you were on. Right. And uh, I was I'll be honest with you. I was floored by by some of the things that you talked about. By most of the things that you talked about. Um, I immediately went to my Instagram and started following Van Tesla. And uh, a couple of nights ago, I had reached over to my phone just to tap it to see what time it was. And a notification popped up that you were going live on Instagram. So I swiped up. And uh, I'm not very uh, social media savvy. So when I, when I, when I swiped up and uh, opened up the Instagram, I didn't realize that my uncomfortable logo and username would show up on your end as far as somebody who had joined your, your viewing and, and you gave me a shout out 
And uh, I was like, wow, <laughs> that's awesome. And then I saw it down <laughs> at the bottom. I saw my, my logo scrolling up, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, and I listened to you talk for, I don't know if it was even 10 minutes. And uh, I had this going through my head, but my, my fingers weren't, weren't working in conjunction with my mind. And I could tell, I could tell that you were, uh, getting ready to wind up and, uh, and jump off of there. So I quick just shot you a message and said, uh, I love what you're doing. And I really think my, my listener base needs to hear your truths. And, uh, you, you said a couple more sentences, but just before you got off of there, you said uncomfortable podcast, DM me and we'll talk. And I was like, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, that's how it started. And we had, uh, we had some messages go back and forth. I sent you a couple of my episodes and you checked it out and apparently you thought it was uh, worthy for you to, to jump on here with me and indeed tell my, my listener base about the, the, the cornucopia of weirdness that, uh, you've been involved with throughout your, your young life. Yeah. Well, I mean, you first caught me with that angelic, um, radio voice that <laughs> caught me right off the bat. So you lured me in, you suckered me in. It's oh, like yeah. deep state lured me in. <laughs> there you go. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, um, I'll tell you what, we, we kind of, uh, we had some messages back and forth and I told you that, uh, I have a hundred percent faith in you and asked you to kind of come up with a, a flow chart of, of things that you thought were worthy of talking about. We didn't, we wanted to stay away from being a carbon copy of what you've done already at this point. I'm just gonna, I'm going to let you go and, uh, man, take us on a ride. Will you? Absolutely. Well, I know you had reached out to me and talked to me about the confessionals podcast I did with Tony Merkel. Uh, in that podcast, I talked about some of my demonic influences that I've seen in my life. I talked about my father. He's a preacher now, but before that he went through a phase where he wanted to sell his soul to the devil. He actually tried to become a part of the satanic church in Texas. Um, part of that, he got involved with a couple who had a child that was about three years old that they were training to be the Prince of Satan. They could leave this child in a chair for several hours without moving or blinking. Um, he heard multiple voices come out of these people telling things about himself that only he knew as a child. Um, I won't go too deep into that. Again, I don't want to get cookie cutter if people want to get a little more in depth with that they can go over to tony's podcast the confessionals oh 100 percent, and it's a great it's a great show i mean your episode was fantastic but tony does a, a fantastic job with the the confessionals and i encourage any of our any of my listeners to uh, go check that out if you haven't already absolutely i'm just trying to think setting the groundwork right now for people to understand you know my background my dad was a preacher. I grew up in church. Um, as I got older, I really got driven towards music, um, hip hop in general. Um, I strove for it. I wanted it. You know, I did everything I could to get to that pinnacle or what I wanted at the pinnacle. 
part of that process was understanding how the music game works. It's not that you're super talented and you make it. People think that's what happens. They see these artists come out and tell them that's what happens, but that's not really the case. Yes, there are a lot of artists that are very talented. There's also a lot that aren't talented that still make it big and have a lot of money. But there are artists that are very talented that get picked up by the system and basically get flushed through it. And I'll go into detail a little bit further down in this conversation about how that works in the music game, pop, hip hop, rock, wherever you want to go with it. But just to say where I came from, I realized that being talented isn't enough. There is a point to get to where you want to get to in music. You have to sell your soul. Um, and I mean that in the real sense that it's, it's something that people do not understand when they're looking at it from the outside. And for me, I realized that I watched a lot of imagery. You can call it Illuminati. You can definitely call it Freemason imagery, a lot of demonic imagery. These things are integrated throughout and woven throughout the fabric of music. Uh, we can speak about it in a way that some people would understand. They say that Lucifer was the chief musician in heaven before he got kicked out. So if that's the case, why wouldn't he dominate something that he can manipulate people's minds with, hearts with, and how they operate? Uh, music moves you. Music is a very one entertaining thing. It's also very emotional. Oh yeah. For there are songs. Absolutely. I mean, there are songs probably right now, Eric, that you know, that bring you to a specific time in life. Exactly. And you remember the people you were hanging out with. You remember what you were doing. You remember that person, you know, maybe it was, you know, a romantic partner, whatever. Music does that. But it also to, does a lot honest. of things. I got to be honest with you. I've never heard, that Lucifer was the, the musician of, of heaven. Actually, it's in the Bible. Uh, people don't go as in-depth with it, you know, yeah. with, with some of the scripture. But, yeah, he was actually the head over music in heaven. That's so that, super interesting. They say, when, they say when Lucifer moves, music literally comes out of him because he's so in tune with he is music, essentially. So why wouldn't he try to corrupt something that he had complete control over? Absolutely. And, yeah. and that's something that, and not to say that music is inherently bad by any stretch. I, I don't think that at all, uh, but I do think that there's a twisted agenda when it comes to entertainment as a whole, whether it's television, we could talk about streaming networks, Netflix, Hulu, Disney plus any of them. Yeah. Um, we could go into sports. I wouldn't go down that rabbit hole in this trip today, but there's a lot of things that are used to manipulate people to suck them into control. Music is one of the top is, if not the top form of control. Think about it. Music is integrated in anything you see, a television show, a sports game, commercials. a commercials, a political statement, any single thing you can think about in life right now. Every time you jump in your driven. car and you drive to work or you drive to, uh, on vacation, you've got the radio on 
you're, what are you listening to? You're listening to music. Absolutely. So for me, I love music and I wanted to be at that pinnacle. There were a lot of reasons I wanted it. It wasn't just, some people think it's, some people do get into for money and fame and, and that's it. For me, it was more about power. It was to a show people that didn't think I could make it that I would to punish those people that thought I couldn't make it. And three to be on top in a position to where you're basically untouchable. You look at these guys, Jay Z, Rihanna, Lady Gaga. I mean, we can go down the list of pop superstars that are at that level at that pinnacle that they almost seem untouchable. But there's always a theme with these guys. If you ever watch them, there's a theme. There's something demonic that's always a theme. It can be seen in any of their music videos. I mean, Lady Gaga has had adrenaline drinking in her videos. But people think it's art, so they don't look at it as in depth mm-hmm. as what it is. They're just viewing it as like, oh, she's just putting on an artistic display it's just something cool. But if you ever watch these guys in interviews and I've seen so many interviews with these guys to where they literally talk about selling their soul, they may do it in a joking manner sometimes and laugh it off. Well, you know, I sold my soul to Lucifer. Uh, it's not funny because they really mean that. It doesn't matter what you believe about Satan, Lucifer, God. It's what they believe. And I try to explain that to people a lot that maybe are atheists maybe don't have the same views about spirituality or understand what's going on. It doesn't matter what you believe when it comes to deep state, when it comes to the upper echelons of the pyramid, it's about that belief in Lucifer. It's about that belief in the eye. That's what they are crescendoing in to the new age. And you can sit there all day and not believe in it. It doesn't mean that they won't act on what they believe in. We can look at the Holy Wars and understand that Christianity was used as a tool to wipe people out. Exactly. There have been many, many throughout history. We can go down the line. The Aztecs, the Romans, the Egyptians, they all had a belief system that they used to suppress people, to take over countries, to make their agenda known. Also, killing in the name of God. Exactly. And it, and it, they all had different gods. That's the thing. You mm-hmm. can look at this from a whole spectrum. Also, to people that think that, oh, there's people don't drink blood. People don't steal children and do that. Well, let me show you a little history lesson right now. Let's go from the dawn of time up until maybe the past, I don't know, few decades where that was a super prevalent thing. It was very known to kill babies on top of altars for power. It's very known throughout history. People drank blood for power. Do you think they just stopped or they learned a better way of keeping it more clandestine? That's, that's the thing that people don't understand. These belief systems have not changed. We're talking about Egyptian culture that has been derived through Freemasonry, through Illuminati, through any spectrum of secret societies, it's all there. But again, people can't wrap their mind around the fact that people would do these things. 
generally speaking, the world goes, I think most people are fairly good, but there is pure evil in this world. And I think for people that can't grasp the fact that there is a war between good and evil on this earth really is asleep right now. So when you're talking about selling your soul to Lucifer, you're not, you're not speaking in terms of just saying it to, to produce some imagery. You're literally saying that these people have turned their lives over to, to that dark spirit. Absolutely. And I have spoken to dark spirits myself. I know on my journey to try to go down that path, I, I, I wanted to sell my soul. You know, for me, I knew that being good at music wasn't good enough. And was that, was that just because you had been around the, the industry long enough to have heard the, the, the whispers and the, and the talking behind closed doors that that was what was necessary? Or did you feel that was your only route to, to get there? Cause you know, when I listen to you talk, you know, your the way you described your, your desire, your want to be good and, and, and be rich and famous and, and achieve this, um, this status is almost like you were using your, your talents and in the music industry as a, as a weapon to smite the people that told you you couldn't do it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a whole psychological uh, battle that I went through during that time as well. I, I think I went through so many years of nothing really shaking out or things getting close to shaking out. There were several labels I was talking to off and on. I felt like I was getting to that point and it just didn't happen. And then I started going down the rabbit holes. You know, this is way before QAnon and all the stuff that's popular now. Mm. I was way on down the rabbit hole 15 years ago. So for me, when I started studying and understanding what was going on, I know the signs. Me coming from a Christian background with my dad, who was trying to become a worshiper of Satan, who knew how that spectrum worked, I understood the inner trappings of how that operates. So me understanding that and then doing the research, then probably spent two years really digging and, and seeing this stuff. And I wanted that. I said, you know what? I'm willing to sell my soul for this. I mean, why not? A lot of people would. If, if, if Satan came to most people today and said, you know what? Just give me your soul and I'll give you whatever you want. A lot of people would do it. Um, now, what are you willing to give up? Because that's something, you know, and I'll get deeper into that in this conversation. A lot of artists have had to give up a whole lot, give up family members, you know, essentially a blood contract to solidify them being at the pinnacle. It's not just enough to sell your soul. So, oh, okay. What else that's, are you that's willing what I to was, sell? That's what I was going to ask. So, so the, the end game is not necessarily just the devil getting your soul in return for your, your fame and your riches. There, there's additional costs that come, come with making this deal. And you could actually, well, you, you could actually have to forfeit a family member. Absolutely. And I think that's part of the deal. When you sell your soul, you're giving him everything at that point, right? So anything's free game. And it's not like he's going to stop there. You know, yeah, okay, I'm giving you all this. Well, I own you now, so I'll do whatever I want to do. And if I want something else, I'll take it. You know, one of the biggest things, especially in hip-hop, is is the, for lack of better words, 
the gay agenda that has been pushed on to straight men, it's not so much that it's the gay people that are dealing with this issue. It's the control over a straight man by making him do something he doesn't want to do. That's selling yourself too. That's a piece of selling your soul. That's something that a lot of those guys do and they, they all get wrapped up in it. There's been several prominent hip hop artists that got close to a certain threshold, a certain door and they backed out because they said, Hey, this isn't me. I'm not willing to go to the next level. You look at your P Diddy, you look at, you know, just a, a host of artists that control people by that agenda, because it's not necessarily about a sexual preference. It's about control. It's about making you do something that you do not want to do. I mean, you look at Lil Wayne. I mean, he was brought into cash money. Birdman was his CEO. He was brought in at 12 years old. Lil Wayne was, and basically turned out from that point on. And that's pedophilia. That's a part of what goes on in this world of adrenochromes, this world of Hollywood, this world of politics. It's all wrapped in together. It's just about perversion and about twisting someone's will and bending them to the point where they have no choice but to do what you tell them to do. So yeah, you get into it thinking you're selling your soul, but what ends up happening is you realize you really did sell your soul because you have nothing left, nothing. And you will do whatever they tell you to do because if you don't, you will be on the outs. You will not have any money. They will ruin your name. They have every bit of blackmail they can to really subject you back to doing what they tell you to do. Jesus. Now, now the information that you have, like on, was that Little Wayne you said? Right. Has he, has he come out and admitted to this stuff? Is this something that he's, he's, uh, he's put out in the public or is this just things that you've found out through being in the industry and uh, kind of behind the scenes? Just understanding how it operates. I mean, he's alluded to a lot of things. He went through a long stretch where he battled with his CEO for rights over his music rights over money that was owed to him. The one thing that kept prominently popping up with, Birdman, the CEO, was that he was always kissing his male rappers on the mouth in public. It was almost a sign of like disrespecting you. you. He owned you. That he owned you. Yeah. And right. And, and that even goes into deeper with what goes on with Hollywood, with and with actors in general, black, white it seems to be prominently black because it's almost a way to break down the, the male figure in the black community by putting these actors, comedians in dresses in public, even though they are straight. You look at these, you look at Chris Tucker, you look at Kevin Hart, Jamie Foxx, Wesley Snipes, Martin Lawrence. I mean, Tyler Perry's been in a dress his whole career. Yeah. I mean, we can even break it down to most recently on Saturday Night Live, Kid Cudi, who for years was not going to buy into the system, was kind of an outlier, was doing his thing, and then all of a sudden gets on SNL with his 
couple new songs on his new album, busts out a, an absolute dress for one of his songs and says he did it in homage of Kurt Cobain, which Kurt Cobain, to my knowledge, never wore a dress on SNL, and I know that he didn't, but he said that he did it because it was the flower color of something Kurt Cobain wore in a sweater. Like, that makes any sense. No, what he did, that was a <laughs> ritual. When they do that in public, it's a public ritual. Anytime you see a award show where a artist or an actor or actress gets embarrassed publicly, humiliated, it's called ritualistic humiliation. That's part of the ritual because you have to be humiliated and broken down to advance. It's how they operate. There's so many steps and so many different avenues that they come at you with. And basically with Kid Cudi, he's like, you know what? I'm tired of fighting it. I, I really want everything I could have. And he basically, that was his gateway to get to where he wants to go. I would be highly surprised if he didn't skyrocket over the next couple of years because of what he just did. So in their, uh, in their culture, they insist on you professing your allegiance to, to that lifestyle whether it's in jest or in, uh, but it's got to be in the public eye. People have to, you have to basically, there has to be people there to bear witness, whether it's a TV audience or a live audience, there's people there witnessing them do their ritual in order for, for their, their keepers to allow, to allow them to migrate to the next level. Right. It, it kind of even plays into the aspect of they have to tell you what they're doing and you be okay with it for them to progress. And that goes with anything that's going on in the world right now. So they can show you, even if it's one of those hiding in plain sight situations where you see what they're doing, but if you're not awake and aware enough to understand what's going on, you're actually co-signing what they're doing by allowing it to happen. But they have to show you what they're doing. They can't just make you do it. It's part of the rules. It's part of the culture that they're built on. Because again, there's good and evil. There's God and there's Satan. So when you have that warring sides going on, they can't just ramshod over that side of it because they have to worry about that side of it. There's a reason that there's so much evil in the world. I tell people this all the time that don't believe in God, but you believe in evil. That doesn't make any sense. Right. You can't, you can't say that there's all this evil in the world, but there's nothing to, to combat it. Right. There's nothing. And why is evil fighting so hard to take out what at that point? You know, you know what I mean? They wouldn't be fighting. If it was just them, they would already have the world where they want it right now, mm-hmm. where they're trying to move it towards, which it, it has been moving very nicely here the past year. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, it, it is. Everything's a ritual. Everything is a production. Everything is in your face. It's glorious, and they'll hide it behind art. They'll hide it behind music. They'll hide it behind all of these tools. And unless you're aware enough, awake enough to see what's going on, 
you won't be able to combat it. And you're essentially just grabbing your ankles and hoping it's not too big. So basically from the point that somebody gets into the music industry or somebody decides to uh, go out to Hollywood and try to become an actor or something like that, they, mm -hmm. they work hard, they go to auditions, they, they go to casting calls, they, they do their auditions and, you know, musicians are working hard. They're, they're honing their craft. They're, you know, they're playing their guitar, you know, 16 hours a day or they're, they're singing. And, but at some point they all wind up running into a brick wall that cannot be climbed unless they're willing to give up a part of themselves. Yes. And no, and I'll explain what I mean by that. The yes, in the sense of to transcend, you will have to do that route, but there is a bit of deceitfulness and trickery that comes along with it, especially when you're talking with child actors. You can look at your Corey Haynes, your Corey Feldman's, you know, they were brought in young, they were groomed. Yeah, and look you know, at, part and of look that at whole, them now. Exactly. Well, if, but they, if, if they're I still mean, alive, they're, they're really screwed up. And Feldman's come out vehemently against the pedophilia movement that's going on in Hollywood. I mean, think about it. He got hooked on drugs really bad, you know, after he did Lost Boys and all of those movies after that. He came out and everybody thought he was crazy because, you know, he looked crazy. He, he, he wasn't talking, you know, normal. Um, but what's normal? You know, would anybody have listened to him if he had to come out, quote, unquote, normal? He, people have this cognitive dissonance in their brains that, when they're presented with information that's too much for them to handle, their brain shut down instead of opening it up to the possibility that, hey, you know what, maybe there's something to this. Maybe I need to look into it a little more. But people can't handle it, Eric. They, they cannot take on board the fact that they've been lied to their whole lives, that there's absolutely pure evil in this world that's trying to destroy everyone. They cannot wrap their minds around it because that would destroy the fabric of their lives. I mean, it's like the movie The Matrix, right? It, it destroyed the fabric of Neo's life. Right. Now, granted, he took it on board, but that's up to the person. And I think that as a truther, as someone who wants to put out solid information, and this is speaking to anyone that's in that position, the key is not to scream and yell your point across the people and, and try to get them to wake up. They'll either wake up or they won't. Just plant the seeds. You know, show that you live a different lifestyle, that you walk a different path, and they want to know why. Because there is so much going on in the world right now. From We're getting bombarded from every angle. And unless you build some sort of fortress, I would say, inside of yourself to combat it, I mean, you're just going to get tore down. A spiritual shield. And Absolutely. And, and I think that's very important for people to understand moving forward as we understand these truths. And yes, a lot of it's going to sound very far out there. It's a lot to wrap your head around. It is. And, and, and we'll go deeper in this conversation on some other issues, but Eric, it really is as deep as the truthers say it is. Um, Granted, when you're looking into information, always dig deep. Never take something to face value. Because even in this community 
even in this community, there's a lot of psyops. There's a lot of integration from the powers that be that try to twist, manipulate, and make the people that are really on the right path look just as crazy as the people that are presenting themselves as crazy, maybe aren't, but are presenting that image to now make the entire movement look crazy. Mm -hmm. Wow. When you try to fathom that, that these things are, are actually happening, it, it does put, it puts a different spin on waking up at six thirty in the morning when your alarm clock goes off, going to the bathroom, getting washed up, putting your clothes on, heading out to work, walking into your job and thinking, okay, I got a, I got a full day ahead of me and I got to produce whatever, whatever it is we do here. And you have a bad day because maybe your machine doesn't work right. Or you had a run in with a customer service representative that wasn't, uh, <laughs> wasn't, wasn't having a good day or you come home and you're like, boy, that was a shit day, man. I, I'm going to have a beer and just chill out and watch family guy. And, uh, right. <laughs> that, that's not a bad day really <laughs> compared right. to comparative to what the type of things that you're talking about. I can't imagine, I can't put myself in a, and you know, maybe you can, you can touch on this. I can't imagine what it would be like to come home after spending a day with people that were a hundred percent in charge of putting me in a position to knowingly break me down on every level as a part of a ritual that gives them power and takes away all of my individuality and takes away my spirituality. I, I mean, I, I can't even, I can't even fathom what that would be like to come home after a day of being put through that ringer. Think about this though, Eric, everything's a ritual, not just we're talking about Hollywood and music, but even your mundane job, everything's connected. Everything's controlled. Unless you have, a grasp on your spirituality, on where you're moving with God, where you're moving in this world with a open, truthful mind, you're, you're just as bad as the people that willingly sell their soul because you have agreed upon what's been laid out in this world for you to do. Yeah. You're not making your own path. You're not forging your own path. You're probably less because at least the people that sell their soul do it knowingly. They go there with it in their hands. Right. Whereas the people that are asleep, the sheeple, they are just walking off a cliff like lemons. That's a good point. Yeah, because, I mean, what I do on a daily basis, really, uh, aside from, you know, putting a few dollars in my pocket and letting me live a, a somewhat comfortable life. Right. I, I, don't have, I don't have the money for excess. I don't have... Uh, I don't have the money to jump on a plane and go on four vacations a year or something like that. But the business that I work for, they do. <laughs> right. And, and I'm the, not me specifically, but I, as in we who go to work every day, we are the, uh, we're what catapults them to, to that position in life where they have, where they hold a higher station than we so I guess, I guess I do see your point. At the end of the day, Eric, it's about control and they want to control everyone. 
they do it by division. We can see here in the United States how much division has been caused over the past year over multiple things. You've got your maskers versus your unmaskers. You've got your vaxxers versus your anti-vaxxers. Black versus white versus brown versus yellow. Whatever you want to make it out to be, they create these divisions. And what do we do? We fall for it every single time. We sit there. We don't question what they say. We don't question anything they do. We just turn on television, look at CNN, look at Fox News, look at MSNBC, whatever you want to say, because I know people are like, well, Fox News is really right, and CNN is very left, and, and they fight each other, but they don't realize that these corporations are owned by bigger corporations. Do you know that there are six total corporations that own all the media? And they are now, and they are also owned by the elites. So do you not think it's in these elites' best interest to feed you the crap they want to feed you to control you? It's simple math. It's so easy. But yet, when you're sucked in and your little fluoride mines are, are crusted over with, everything you've been sucking in your whole lives, you're not going to see it because you're so consumed with, I just want to get back to normal. I just want to da, da, da. You will never get back to normal. There's a reason they call it a new normal yeah. because it's never going to be normal. <laughs> well, and like you said, six, six conglomerates own all of the media outlets in the world. Right. And what better way to, to keep you, keep you guessing and keeping, keeping you on your heels rather than on your toes by allowing multiple contradicting reports on the same event. I mean, just take for instance, the, uh, the Capitol Hill incident. Yeah. You know, that, that I think was the, aside from during the presidential election, I think that's the only, the only event that I actually would, would have CNN and Fox news, just and and flip back and forth they would have the same video on the screen but the right. the reports that they were giving were so polarizingly different absolutely that what are you left to believe you you have well, to you have to make a choice to believe one or the other and none of them are true and, and eric no one asked the question in a riot how are you getting these cinematic views? How are you getting these beautiful, beautiful, perfectly framed videos, the cop that's running up the stairs, fighting the moth. I felt like I was watching something Will Smith was in. Like it's, it's almost unreal how people can get so sucked in and brainwashed to believe what they see on television. I saw something recently about two weeks ago. I ran across, um, I, I do pay attention to mainstream media, though. I, I do encourage people to pay attention to it from an aspect of an academic mind. Watch it to understand what they're using to brainwash you. At that point, you can learn how to combat it. That way you can go, and I hate this word, too, because a lot of mainstream uses it and everything on social media is fact-check it, but 
really go fact check it. Get on DuckDuckGo. Get on something a little bit off kilter from Google. Go as deep as you can and try to find out the real knowledge. Try to go to a place where no one else is going and then circle back and, and, and see if it's adding up right. Because if it doesn't sit well with you, then you know something's not right. Mm-hmm. And to me, I just get blown away. I saw on CNN two weeks ago, you know, they're, they're really hyping up this whole India thing. Everybody's dropping in the streets yeah, in yeah. India, dying. It's just, you know, we don't see anything except what they show us. So they show this video of this lady. I guess she's older. She was in a hospital bed. And there was her family members are around her. And they were like grabbing her legs and beating them and screaming. And then here comes the CNN analyst. Somebody called the doctors what he said. And then you see the doctor come rushing in almost in time. And there it's it, and you see them keep looking back at the camera uh-huh. like it's yeah. all staged. I, I know and what video you're staged. talking about, yeah. Oh, it's unreal. And I saw that in me being who I am immediately broke out in laughter. I, I, I think I've taken what's now being coined as the clown pill. You've got the red pill, which means you're awake. The blue pill means you want to stay asleep. You got right. the black pill, which are the doomers that it's just over with. But then you got the next level of the doomer pill, which is the clown pill, where it's just getting so ridiculous. You're just literally laughing at everything that you see because it's such, it's almost like you, you found the glitch in the matrix and you're just seeing all this stuff unfold. And you're like, I can't believe no one else is seeing this. They think this is real. I, I saw a video and I really felt like that. And I just was blown away. And then almost on time, a couple weeks later, I saw a video come out. I actually posted it on the Instagram page. Uh, Indian guy, he was in the streets and he's talking and he was like, listen, nobody's dropping in the street. Here, look, everybody's at work. Mm-hmm. Everybody's cool. If you believe in what they're telling you, it's not true. We're working, we're having a good time, everything's fine over here in India. So it's nice to see that there's people outside of the country trying to get information out. But see, that's the problem, too. You've got all these countries, and they all have their mainstream medias, right? You've got BBC, mm-hmm. you've got your Eurovision. I, I can't remember what it's exactly called now. I think it's e- EDU. I believe that's what it is, EDU. And you got them, and, and they all control the media. So what they do is they, they box you in to your hole. You don't see anything outside of that hole unless you try to. So then you just believe whatever they tell you about what's going on outside of your country. And instead of doing your own research and tapping into what's going on over in Australia, what's going on over here, tapping into those media sources and really seeing what's going on, you just believe whatever they tell you. And at that point, I mean, it's kind of game over for you because you don't, you're not trying to grasp anything outside of your box and once they got you in a box that's where they want you it's a cage right a mind cage jesus what what's the best thing we can do for ourselves you know i mean where where do you turn where do you turn to get honest information how do you know that you know even though you think you might be in uh going deep enough to find what you feel might be the truth how do you know that what you're looking at isn't still owned by those six major corporations throughout the world you don't know, Eric. <laughs> I, I, and I try to tell people this. You never will really know. Well, not unless it hits you in the face, right? And and, and I'm going to bring up this subject to bleed into what you just said. 
it's kind of like space. We hear that it exists. Do we know that it exists? We've never been to space. We're only doing, we're only listening to what they told us our whole lives. Moon landing. We believe it because they showed us something, but we don't know if it's true or not. I'm not going to say it's true or not true, but as an open-minded individual who is willing to explore the inner workings of what the government has done and lied to us about for ever, that I'm willing to accept the fact that there are things that we don't understand that maybe they're lying to us about. Um, NASA is a billion dollar, multi-billion dollar conglomerate. And they suck taxpayer dollars all the time to them for what? We don't really know. You know that NASA's got one of the biggest television studios on its lot. People don't talk about that. They have state-of-the-art well, you know, when, when you start talking about NASA, I mean, Elon Musk has been able to produce a rocket that is reusable multiple, multiple, multiple times right? for a fraction of the cost that it takes NASA to put one of theirs into space. Right. And, and then it's lost. Then, I mean, all that comes back is the capsule. You, the rest of it is... But then that goes back to that point again. What, what's really going on up there? Do we know? Do, do we really know what's going on up there? I, I think I watched an interview with David Ike recently. I listened to. He was on a podcast. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about space. And he was talking about how much we don't know. How much that we think we know about the moon. Or we think we know about everything. It's like when somebody comes to you and tells you they're a flat earther, right? People are going to discredit that immediately, immediately. But if you're a real truther, you can't discredit them because I can't say from a point of experience, I haven't been in space. I don't know. I think that's the point of being a truther though, is to keep an open mind, know that there's a constant level of manipulation, constant level of mind control that comes from the government trickles all the way down through your media outlets, everything else. Understand there's always an agenda. Again, I'm not saying there's not space. I'm just trying to say it from an aspect of we need to not box in our theories because that's how they box us in. We've been brainwashed since school. Everything we've been taught is brainwashing. You know, I, I look at the school, the way schools play out now. And what they're doing to kids. I've watched it over the years. How it's gotten progressively worse and worse and worse. To where it's almost the point. Do you want to put your kid in school? Maybe homeschool them. Maybe teach them a trade. You know. Maybe that's more beneficial. Than getting an academic degree. Because these people with quote unquote. Academic degrees. Are just as brainwashed. These doctors telling you. About what's going on over the past year. Or just as brainwashed, if not I, I get what you're saying, but I think, I, I don't know that that's an answer because, I mean, if you were to keep your child out of school and homeschool them yourself, right. all you are capable of teaching them is what you know. And what you know is most likely what you learned when you were in school. Right. And I'm not disagreeing with you there, yeah. Eric, at all. I'm not saying that an academic... 
that academics is something that you shouldn't strive for. Mm-hmm. I, I think maybe that's maybe got lost in translation. Oh there. no, I wasn't, Where, I wasn't getting that at all. I was just making the statement that, you know, at, at what point can you, or how do you uh, find yourself to a, a, a clean slate right. where, where everything you're relaying is the truth? You know, I, I, you bring up interesting context to this. And, you know, I, I wonder, has it always been their intent to brainwash in the 20s and the 30s when the kids were going to school? Was, was that still something that was going on even back then? Or, I mean, you had the Rothschilds back then, and they were very influential in getting involved in the medical field and academics and education. So they put a lot of work into what they could control, the Rockefellers, like they all did. It was a very concerted effort during that time. I mean, it wasn't much long after that you had Operation Mockingbird, Operation Paperclip, all of these things that came along to brainwash. So, yeah, I, I do think there's always been an undercurrent of those elites. And I'm not going to say everybody in politics is bad. I don't think you got you got a couple of aspects there. you got some people that go, go into it with good intentions that eventually sell out because they're only going to get so far. you got some people that get in it, that have good intentions, that fight. But, again, they're going to get discredited. They're going to go through a lot of pain and suffering. But at least they're they're fighting for the people, right? You, you got some of those people, right? You can see on both sides of the, mm-hmm. of the table, but generally speaking, you don't get anywhere in politics. If you're not a part of the system, it just doesn't exist. That's not possible at all. Um, it's like, you look at Kamala Harris. I mean, what, what, 10, 15, maybe longer, 20 years ago, she was Montel Williams, you know, one of his girls, yeah. I mean, if you don't talk about this stuff, you know, she's a lot of these people that are in politics are just actors and actresses. People think they actually have pool. No, they're just the puppets. They're not the people in control. So they don't care about you. They're doing what they're told to do. Any of them, Clinton's Bushes, Obama, we can go down the list. Trump, put them all in the same category. I know people don't want to hear that. Well, and, and they're all being groomed to be what they become. There, there, there was, there was intent behind uh, or a, a predetermined path for them. Yeah, absolutely. P- people think that these, and, and I'm not going to say Trump was the only one, but there's been several quote unquote outsiders <laughs> that came in to politics got into office and they had that charisma. They had that thing, you know, they, they were against the system, mm-hmm. but you don't get in if you're against the system. You, they just don't allow it. it. It's not something, there's a reason why. Now, if you're not a part of the system, they let you in. There's a reason they let you in. You are serving the purpose at that point. Um, there was a guy, Mr. Gates. Um, he's a really good podcaster. I listened to a podcast he was on last year where he talked about that when it came to Trump. He basically, he's like, I don't know if Trump's a part of the system or he was brought in by the system because they knew how he would act and what he would do to divide. So you've got that aspect as well. I mean, there's a couple of angles when it comes to him, but I will say that he didn't hang out with Jeffrey Epstein a lot. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of dirt in his past and Let's not forget that he's been very 
forthcoming and pushing the vaccines. He's been very forthcoming in having a lot of money that he's invested in the vaccine. So things you have to look at as a whole when it comes to what these people's ultimate goal is. Because people in politics, their ultimate goal isn't really to be in control. It's to get all the things they want. It's just like a entertainer. They get all the women or men they want. They get all the money, power, and fame. It's just a different form of entertainment. That's all that is. It's just a bunch of showmanship, a bunch of, you know, sleight of hand, um, gaslighting that goes on, but it, it's still just entertainment. Why do we sit there in front of CNN or Fox or MSNBC or any of these places? Because in some aspect, your mind's being entertained because you're watching it. Yeah. Do you think that that holds true with uh, newscasts that are on a local level as well? To some degree, yeah. I mean, here's the thing, Eric. I, again, I still think there's people that start out with good intentions. You're going to have probably more people at your local levels that are going to try to at least get some information out. But the problem is those local stations are still put on major networks. So whereas you got like a local W, BBTV, S, 6, 9, whatever, you know what I mean? Like you got that going on, that'll still be on Fox. That'll still be on CBS. They'll still be on NBC. It's still yeah. going to be in, in that realm of control. Uh, all that media stuff controls. We look at, you know, Project Mockingbird. If you go deep into that rabbit hole about how all that started, I mean, it's essentially using the media to brainwash you, control your mind. It's putting out subliminals. A lot of times it's just a bunch of subliminal stuff that's just constantly brought at you to condition you. So you're used to it. It's like the alien agenda, UFOs that's coming along right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we look at media for the past 30, 40 years, the influx of alien movies, alien shows, UFOs, people coming out talking about it, the Bob Lazars, you know, your Stephen Greer's, these guys, you know, it's all there to create this desensitization. So, yeah, do I think there's extraterrestrial life? There very well could be. Again, I've been in space. I've never personally met an alien. Do I think in the vast universe of things that there could be extraterrestrial life? Absolutely. Like, there's no question. But the caveat is, what is the world government's agenda when it comes to all of this UFO stuff now being released? They call people like me crazy maybe five years ago for even talking about this stuff 10 years ago. And now it's just Obama talking about it two weeks ago on mainstream media. You got the Pentagon coming out talking about UFOs. Oh yeah, this is a UFO. We don't know what it is. It's pyramid flying in the sky. Just disappeared. Oh, this object just went underwater. It's massive. Yeah, they exist. They've been around for a long time. Oh, have they? So now you got to start rewiring your mind because you can't buy into what they're saying because clearly they told you they've been lying to you. Yeah, for 70 again, years. They've been again, lying to us since, Eric, uh, since Roswell. Exactly. So think about this, Eric. 
if they're coming out telling you that they're, they lied to you, right? What else are they lying about? Everything. What else that you could sit there and believe anything they said? It's like you have a good friend, right? They lie to you about something big. Are you really ever going to trust them totally after that? Probably not because they lied to you about something big. So why are people so, so adamant on trusting the government? I, it blows my mind. I wake up some days and I'm just like, I do. And I have to just throw my hands up and laugh because it's not my place to wake them up. It's my place to plant the seeds. If they want to wake up, they can come and ask questions. It's me to put out positive music, music that questions authority, music that, you know, makes someone's mind more open to what's going on in the world. Me to get on forums like here with you to talk about what I know. Again, I don't know everything. I'm still learning. But I've done a lot of research. I do know one thing. Something's not right. Yeah, I know. In the core of my beliefs, there's something not right about everything that's going on around. And if you can't see it, you might want to start looking inward and, and understanding that, you know what, I need to start looking into some things. Maybe just a little bit. You don't have to go down the rabbit hole like me right now. That's you got to think. People have been conditioned and brainwashed for. Think about the people that are 30, 40, 50 years old, mm-hmm. and now they're being asked the question. Everything they've been taught. I, I, there's no way I'm gonna look at someone like that with the same. I can't do it because that's not right. That would not be fair of me to do that, or to treat them with any kind of disrespect because they're only doing what they know. Sometimes I wonder if maybe I have, have just such a, a slight leg up on, on a lot of people because I've been obsessed with um, UFO culture since about, right. the, about the age of five. And being that I'm going to be 56 here shortly, that, that, that tells you that back when I was a child, there was no internet. There was no, I didn't have a tablet. I didn't have a cell phone in front of me that uh, could pull up information in a, in a blink of an eye everything I got was either from books in the library or um, the occasional in search of that would be on, uh, on television. When, when the government first came out a couple of years ago, I think it is probably about two years ago now when they first leaked Tic Tac and gimbal footage, I felt, I felt a little bit of elation and a little bit of validation that it's like, I, okay, I have not spent, 50, 50 years of my life wasted on, on, on pers- pursuit of information on this stuff. Right. But I really have to question, you know, why, why after 70 years um, have they decided to say, okay, yeah, they're out there and we don't know what the hell they are. Um, you listen to people like Dr. Greer and in his, in his mind, what, what's going on is that all of the movies, everything that shows an invasion or that the, the alien, the extraterrestrial cultures uh, in, in movies are all malevolent and they want to cause us harm and they want to take over and they want to invade and um, rid the planet of, of, of us pesky thinking monkeys and use, use up our resources or whatever it is. You know, if you, if you look into his, his beliefs, he thinks that the, the disclosure that's, that's happening is all from a, a military or a, a national security standpoint, kind of alluding to the fact that 
whatever whatever these are or what what's out there is an eminent threat to our well-being and our civilization which makes right. everybody which makes everybody think well shit you know <laughs> we got to fight him right so if with his beliefs if if all of the all of the world basically starts looking at these things in the same manner as them being a threat he feels that that's going to coerce nations of the world to come together in one in one group against this this outlying threat and then that would allow governments to basically merge together as one world government and create a a false flag invasion which whether used by done by technology with holograms to allow the militaries of the world to step in and and become like a world policing organization absolutely i mean project blue Beam, you know we we touched you know brought it brought the name up earlier on the show um it's definitely a thing um you know nasa's been a part of it i know dr greer talks about it a good bit um you know he's a big proponent of extraterrestrial life mm-hmm. but he very much believes in project blue Beam. he talks about it a lot and you know we've seen just a taste of what kind of technology they have. If anybody gets a chance, I would go online to YouTube. Seattle's new year at the needle, which was this past January 1st was a display that really blew my mind and scared me to the core because that technology was unreal. Um, outside of the fact they had a vaccine needle coming out of the top of the needle with, octopus arms pulling God knows what in, which blew my mind too, the imagery, but just the UFO stuff that they did with it. And that's just on a light scale. That has nothing to do with the technology that they have behind the scenes. I I read something recently where they said that we're actually a hundred years advanced with technology Um, from what they've actually shown us now. So if they've got this technology, I, I implore people to look up Project Blue Beam. If you get a chance, go to DuckDuckGo, look at Project Blue Beam. There's some videos on YouTube. There's a floating city that was over the sky in China. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've ever seen this. It's yeah. pretty nuts. Uh, and it's a real video. It is a city that's floating over China that people were taking. Um, there was also an incident in... Um, Nigeria, I don't know if you've ever heard about this. In Nigeria, there was a village that said they saw a floating city that hovered over them and they could see cars driving, monolith buildings, everything. And then it just disappeared. So I, I do believe they've had the technology and they're obviously testing it in places they think they can get away with it. Um, you know, remote villages, places where that that's, easy to do where they wouldn't believe these people. And if people just look into it, because I agree with you, it's going to be one of two, maybe both situations to where project blue Beam hits, whether it's an alien invasion that they create or it's the second coming. Now I've gone a little deeper into that where they talk about that. They're going to show multiple gods all over the earth to be able to speak in people's languages 
And at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old. And at that point, it'll like religion out of the context of humanity. Because at that mm-hmm. point, but all, with real- the, all with the intent of going against the true one God. Absolutely. Well, and, and I think that's the goal because the goal is the new religion will be no religion at that point. Because that is how, how easy would it be to control people if you control that narrative as a whole? And look, the Catholic Church has been really setting themselves up in a nice position of power. You know, well, I mean, they've been in power forever. Yeah. But when you look at what they position themselves of coming out several years ago, admitting extraterrestrials probably exist. They're, they're setting themselves up for this really interesting setup for them as far as being in that position of, hey, we can lead this extraterrestrial God movement. I don't know if you've ever seen um, the Pope's uh, congregational building that he does um, speeches from and talks to people. Have you ever seen that it's the actual shape of a snakehead, a reptilian, uh, the building itself. I've and not, actually, I, I don't think pull I've it up. It, yeah. it's, it's absolutely mind blowing. He's sitting on a throne inside of the building and it's supposed to be Jesus coming up out of the earth with, they say it's supposed to be bodies of the Holocaust or bodies of war, which is very interesting because you never see Jesus in that concept. Yeah. And his hair is moving in such a way it takes the shape of a snake behind it. It's really wild imagery. And it blew me away last year when I ran across it. And there's several outlets that put it out that did some aerial view shots of it, did the inside views. I mean, it's, it's been architect to look a certain way. So as you look at that, and we talk about Project Blue Bean, we talk about reptilians, we talk about these aspects of this, agenda. I mean, like I said, the Catholic church is really setting themselves up nice to be in that position of power to lead this movement. Cause you're going to need something with structure to lead the movement, not just government. Yeah. You're, you're going to have to have something that people can uh, rely on in a, well, in a spiritual sense. I mean, we've, we've become so we've become so used to having our whatever religion it is as a, as a crutch as something to prop up our faith that you're still going to need those the religious aspects to it to kind of offset the the militaristic aspects of it oh yeah you have to i mean that's something that's super important because again that, that's, that's like that's like the dichotomy between good and evil you know you you're going to look at the military as being the unfortunately necessary evil and then the the spiritual backbone is is how you balance out the good and you know if 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 that part of it is uh, involved in the uh the, the deception of it as well then what right. are, what are you left with exactly I mean you'd be left with so what's the what's like, the end game here is there going to be a is there going to be a, a revolution of sorts is there going to be a rebellion 
uh, you know, to take something out of uh, Star Wars, which is near and dear to my heart. But, you know, is there going to be a small band of people that get together that are that, that are truth seekers and, and, and are going to be looked upon as um, someone to follow? I, I think or are absolutely. They get, or are they going to get squashed? I don't think that that's going to happen as far as being squashed out totally. I think that's going to be the agenda. But I, I do think, surprisingly enough, Eric, there are a lot of people way more aware than you think, too. As much as we say majority brainwashed, which I agree with that, but I would say in the past year and a half with a lot of stuff going on, a lot of people started waking up and realizing that, man, this stuff's not adding up. I don't know how you can't. I don't know how you can't. With this last year and a half, man, we're a fucking mess. Mess. For people not to, you know, I mean, I've even seen it in, in just casual conversations I have at work. You know, there's there's people who have kids in in school right now, who are in athletics. You know, they're being told that you can't you can't play unless you've had at right. least at least one of your vaccines, which is insane to me. But it also depends on what part of the country you're in. Um, I'll tell you a, a good bit of information for people. I would go check out if you haven't checked her out before. It's Catherine Austin Fitz. She used to work for the World Bankers, super, super intelligent. She's got a website called home.solari.com. She does the Solari Report. She actually does a lot of finance stuff when it comes to what's going on in the world right now, but she also breaks down how everything integrates with the pandemic. She even touches slightly on UFO agenda. She breaks down a lot of different aspect of you know what's going on uh she did a video called planet lockdown i know they're still working on a lot of filming for the actual entire video but she's got a block called planet lockdown that she speaks for about 45 minutes you get a chance to watch that brilliant brilliant lady she will guide you down the right path and she's been around these people that run the show so she's able to speak from a level of experience she's able to talk from a level of yeah, you get to a certain point, you need to do what they tell you to do or you're out or you don't advance. And that's what I really enjoy about her stuff. So anyone who gets a chance, I would go check her out. She even has documents that can help you be able to um, combat your job telling you about the vaccine, combat um, schools because she has, legitimate documentation that's been written up by lawyers, which is really cool that she's been putting out. Cause there's a lot of things that people don't know. They just accept whatever mm-hmm. is being told to them. And the government's running the game of, well, we're not forcing you to do anything, but the private businesses can do whatever they want. Right, well, right. one's feeding the other, right? It's just how it works. Um, but back to the point of what you just said about schools and, and, and all that. Uh, it, it, it's really getting scary right now. It, it really is. I, I've never seen anything take shape like this over something that we've never seen before in the sense of we've had things happen in the past that were way worse, that we didn't react this way. Right. So clearly it's being used as a political vehicle globally to get things done the way they want to. And obviously they're about to come with the climate change and all that. That's the next part of the 
phases of climate lockdowns and how we're destroying the earth and, and how, you know, we need to, as Klaus Schwab says from the World Economic Forum, learn to live better with less. He calls us unruly nodes in his COVID-19, The Great Reset book, which I have read most of. I'm still reading through it. Unbelievable read. If you really want to see what these guys are talking about doing to you, he put this out last June when everything started. This is the guy that runs the World Economic Forum that has the big showdown in Davos where everybody comes, all the elites and all the movers and shakers in the political world, they come there and they decide what they want to do to us on really knows. If you want to hear what he's got to say about it, I would say go pick that up and take a look at it because it's unbelievable. I was just actually floored by some of the stuff he was saying in there. And he's a very good lyricist, the way he puts his words together, mm-hmm. makes it seem like it's all good. And unless you have an open mind, you won't be able to see past that. I remember when everybody thought the Great Reset was a conspiracy theory last year, and then around, I think, September, October, they were like, this is actually a book. They put this out. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's part of that. They're telling you what they're going to do to you. They need to be able to do that. But nobody's going to go read that. They're like, who's Klaus Schwab? I don't know who that is. Because they don't take time to even understand that aspect of it. Wow. We are we are definitely a mess. And so who's who's going to lead us out of this? Well, I think being in tune spiritually is the first goal. I think people should, you know, look in themselves and, and look outward into, into what's going on. Again, there's so much evil in the world. There's got to be good, right? You're fighting against something. So, well, you know, and then you run into you run into the problem with, you know, my my issue with the Catholic Church stemmed from I went to I went to regular public schools and uh, mm-hmm. for seventh grade my parents thought it would be a good idea to put me in uh, Catholic seventh and eighth grade and uh, I was there for about half a year before right before I went back to public school during that time I saw more more drugs and more partying and more debauchery in seventh grade and eighth grade students than I ever saw once I went back to public school. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that those kids were coming from families that had a a good deal more money than what my parents did. Not that money makes you bad, but I think the the vehicle for those types of things were, were more readily available to them. And we used to have to go to mass multiple times a week. Right. I think it was right after Christmas vacation. I think it was Christmas vacation. We came back and uh, we went to mass and then afterwards everybody stayed and the priest walked over to all of us and said, you know, how was your vacation? What did you guys do? Anybody do anything fun? And he got to me and I said, you know, I had a great time. My parents took me to Chicago and went to see the, the planetarium and all the different uh, museums and really enjoyed seeing all the dinosaur bones and stuff at the, the Smithsonian. And uh, right. he, he put his hand on my shoulder and he started kind of chuckling and he, he told me those weren't real. And <laughs> I, I was like, what? And he said, yeah, they weren't, uh, they were all, that's all man-made and just for, for entertainment, it's none of those were real. And, you know, I didn't, at that point, I didn't know if Catholic religion 
discounted the idea that dinosaurs ever walked the earth or if they were against it or for it or, you know, I mean, I had no idea in seventh grade, but he was very adamant that what I had seen was made up and not real. And I was like, well, no, there, there's a lot of the bones were real, but there were some bones that were fabricated because they didn't, they didn't dig up all the bones. Some of them were missing. So they had to like make some out of plaster to, to finish the skeleton, but most of it was real. And he, I misunderstood what he was saying. He was saying that the, the entire thing was actually not, not real. And that's, that's kind of where I started having my, my uh, disconnect from, from the Catholic religion, because, you know, I'm, I think I'm too science based in my mind and my, my way of thinking to, to just look at that and say that people who spend their lives work digging in the, in the, in the ground around the world and pulling out these fossilized remains are wasting their time and, and, and pulling out things out of the ground that aren't real. Right. You know, they say that a part of project leaving is to create false earthquakes to where they reveal certain artifacts that will then lead towards the enlightenment of whatever they present to us as far as UFOs or whatever. They're saying that that could be a part of, because we know, we all know weather manipulation's real. If you followed anything with harp or anything like that, you know that that's a part of it. It's funny that you said that. Um, you know, one thing to that point, it's funny about dinosaurs because I've actually done a lot of reading on that. From what I know, any of the big museums don't have real dinosaur bones. It's all fake. They keep the real ones behind the scenes for, they say, security purposes. Yeah. Um, from what I've done. So then it makes you question, you know, well, have we ever seen anything real when it comes to dinosaurs? So again, I'm not saying dinosaurs aren't real. I'm just saying that what's the reason behind the forgery, the constant trickery, all the little things that they constantly do. It's like a consistent tunnel of breadcrumbs that they just keep disinformation coming, keep you confused. Like I said, they stay grounded. Don't get overwhelmed with it all. Be academic, do the research, but stay centered too as a human being because you can't get, lost in the vortex, so to speak, and just just be like, I, I just give it up. I can't even I can't even deal with all this. A lot of people do that. It's just too much. They get so brain overloaded that they can't, you know, take it all in. And I think for me, sometimes I just have to, I'll separate, you know, sometimes for a day or so, and I'll just go, you know, outside, get with nature or whatever to, to know that, you know, I'm going to be a better person for myself, for others around me. And I think that's how you fight back, Eric. It's creating community and people and family, because isn't that what they want to destroy? Why would they want to destroy a network of friends and family and people that talk to each other? Because when people talk to each other, they start becoming of a like mind. They start sharing their stories, sharing what they know. You know, this right. whole pandemic's yeah. been about separating us six that's, feet apart. That's exactly what I was just going to get at. Yeah. Put your mask on so you can't see anybody's facial emotions. It's all programming. It's all desensitization. 
desensitization, sorry. And I think that's what we need to understand that's going on. It's what they've been moving towards. When we realize that and realize this isn't about left and right, this isn't about Democrat, Republican, black, white. This is about elites and the rest of us. And that's it. Because this is their world to play in and do whatever they want. We're just ants. We're worker bees. We do whatever they tell us to do. And until we realize there's more of us than them, and we get all of a like mind, which I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but at least, like you said, to go to the Star Wars analogy, at least create that forum of rebellion. And I think there's a lot of people that are doing it. There's a lot of truthers. There's a lot of people I've been shocked that have come out here recently. Uh, Eddie Griffin, one of them. I mean, amazing comedian, but man, he has been spot on here lately. Totally against the movement. Russell Brand, another one, another good comedian that's been really highly against everything that's going on, putting out fantastic information. Russell, You've Russell got is, guys. he's, he's one, uh, he's, he's one of those guys that for as mixed up as he was at one point, right? He, he, yeah. he definitely seems, you know, when he, when he first started coming out like this, I, I was, I was playing it off as, you know, this is a, this is a shtick of his. Um, right. But, but he's been doing it long enough now where I, I, I'm, I'm starting to believe that he's actually turned a corner and, um, absolutely. He has, he has, he has definitely righted his ship and he is, he is one enlightened dude. It's, it's, it's an, it's a, I don't want to say it's entertaining to listen to him, even though it is, but, um, he, he speaks some very, some very hard truths. And, uh, it was, it was hard to wrap my head around seeing him do that because he was always so flippant and, uh, um, sarcastic and, and, you know, with a sense of humor, which I always appreciated as well, but, yeah, he's he's somebody that I, I listen to quite often now, and uh, it it strikes up some interesting points. Absolutely, you know. But why why the you know? I'll say it again. You know, I'm going to be 56 here next month, and I have in my lifetime I have never seen a more a more divisive time. When I was in high school, downtown South Bend, Indiana they started a desegregation busing program, which, mm-hmm. which took uh, typically, for the most part, African-American students from some of the inner, inner city of, of South Bend and integrated them into some of, the, um, some of the schools that were in more of the suburbs. And, right. And in order to make room for them, they had to take some of our students and ship them to those inner city schools. I can remember being in, in high school while this was going on. There were a lot of fights. Some, some even, some even would, you know, riot to some extent would not be a, a word that was too harsh to use because of the size of the fights that broke out. But we weren't fighting because they were black and we were white. We were fighting because we were pissed off that our friends got pulled out and tossed into some other school. Kids that we had gone to school with from kindergarten all the way through middle school. And they lived one street away from us, but because the dividing line ran through our neighborhood, 
Now, my best friend had to go to a school that was, you know, a, a 20 minute further bus ride. And I got to stay at the school that, that I was supposed to be at. Right. And there were fights and they were between the blacks and the whites, but it wasn't, right. it wasn't a racial thing. It was because they were pissed off that they weren't with their friends. We were pissed off that they took the place of our friends. And there was a, a, a cultural headbutt, if you will. It's not like what it is today. You know, and it's been such a gradual, a gradual leveling up of, of angst and, and um, hatred. And it really has struck me because it has been such a gradual thing, you know, and that I can go back, right. I can go back to that time when I was in high school and it wasn't a black and white thing. It wasn't, I can honestly say that from the, from the depths of my heart, hundred percent, it was not because they were black and we were white. It was because our local city government made us do this thing that was in our all of our best interests so that we would integrate and, and it would be better for everybody. But it wasn't. Right. And it went on for years. And and where are we at now? Now we now, you know, because black people have to worry about going to the corner store to buy a gallon of milk. And hope like hell they don't get stopped by a cop because they're going to end up dead. Yeah, I to, to kind of speak on what you just said too. I, I want to say this as well. I also think that it isn't as bad as is being portrayed in the media either. Because I get out in the real world and I see a lot of people of different ethnicities, walks of life, and I realize when I get out in the world. Again, the pandemic's done a great job separating us all, keeping us in boxes and then feeding us everything they can out of that television to make us think a certain way. But if we actually get out in the world, connect with people, we realize that not everybody's like that. And obviously even majority of people aren't like that. They're willing to connect, willing to have open minds, willing to, you know, no matter what their race or creed, they're, they're willing to connect with each other. I've seen that. I, don't get me wrong. I think some of this stuff exists for sure. Um, but I do think that they force feed us a way to think. And if we accept that, then we're only feeding into what they want us to do. And that does create that extra divide that you're talking about. Yeah. This, this, cre- you know, this barrier that, they make it out to be the whole, I need to feel bad because I'm white because I'm a racist. Cause I'm white. Well, that's not you know, true. That, that's, like, that's a very interesting thing. And I want to interrupt real quick and because I want to touch on that. I literally stopped at McDonald's today mm-hmm. on my way home to, to interview you. And I got myself a large Coke and a large fry. The girl who waited on me at the first window was African-American. Should that matter? Absolutely not. But because, you know, and I've got a million things going through my head. I don't want to sound like a complete idiot while I'm talking to you. Um, you're, you're, you're at a, you're at a different level of professionalism in, in your industry than I am in mine. So I don't want to come off sounding like, uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm levels below where, where you're at and, you know, <laughs> make sure you ask intelligent questions and make sure this, and don't forget to bring this up and, you know, but while I'm, I'm thinking about all these things, I have to stop myself and I have to make sure that when that, that young African American girl reaches out with my, my debit card to hand it back to me and say, whatever she says, that I got to force myself to make sure that I smile and, and look her in the eye and say, thank you. Because I don't want her to feel that I am a racist just because I've got 8,000 things running through my head and I might not be the most um, cordial person right at that moment. Right. I'll tell you this, Eric, and that, that you, you brought up a good point because a lot of Caucasians feel that way right now. Um, speaking for me, I don't give a damn. Like, I'll just be honest with you. Me personally, I am going to act the way I've been acting. Always be cognizant of your where you're at. You know, you always want to be cognizant. You know, you never want to get caught in a trap or anything of that nature. Um, and I don't mean this from just a racial situation. I mean, as a truther in general, you, you mm-hmm. want to be always aware of what's going on around you. Um, I, I guess I just grew up differently as far as a lot of my friends are African American, a lot of different races. I, I've seen a lot of people that were my friends growing up that weren't necessarily from the States. I had a really good friend from Belize, another from Jamaica, two from Nigeria. I was able to see something outside of what the state has conditioned us to think about black and white and brown and yellow and whatever else, um, they had a different view coming here. So for them, they actually laughed at a lot of the racial slurs, a lot of the racial epithets, because to them, it didn't mean the same thing. They, they didn't understand why that people acted this way or that people actually got worked up over certain things. Mm-hmm. So I was able to see a different aspect of it and also from people that are here as well on white people, you know, that are on the other side of the spectrum. I was able to connect with some of those people that had a certain view of someone of a different race and able to help them see something different. For me, I can truly say like, and I know they hate it, to say this now because you have to, but I never really saw color to me. I just connected with people. Yeah. Color exists. Different shades exist. Communities are different. Cultures are different, but there's so many cultures in the world. We're not just talking about here in the States. Once you understand the gravity of how big this world is, I think you can get your mind frame out of that concept. So, Yes, they're going to condition us. They're going to make us feel like you felt today. And there's nothing wrong with feeling that way, by the way, because that's part of what's, what's going on. I, I think to get out of that conditioning, though, is to reassure yourself and know how you really feel about people. If you truly feel in your heart love towards people and you want what's best for people, then walk with your head high. Don't feel that way because if they feel that way, that's on them. That's not on you because you're doing the right thing. Um, I actually say that I go into that a little in depth on uh, one of the songs, Pockets, 
that I did on this last EP, um, I actually talk about that, about, you know, white people with BLM stickers on the back of their cars paying penance for sins and they don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. There's so many white people that are paying these penances, these, these things that they're told by the media to do because they, they want to do what's right. They do care about people, but they're doing it the wrong way because they're falling to the trap. The BLM movement, there's a lot of good people that follow the movement. I want to make that very clear. But the BLM movement itself, it's a very dirty, very, very evil, pure evil that's running out of that company. I mean, you've got George Soros who's funding it. We all know what kind of mess he's been involved with forever. I mean, he's at the top of the top. Um, you've got the people that run it that are very integrated in Marxism, communism, how they want to portray this message. It's not about equality. It's about equity. It's never about equality. That's why they keep pushing this whole thing, equity, equity, equity. It's not about equality. Now, again, from the aspect of a white man, have black people been done wrong? Absolutely. Absolutely. Are there things that are being done wrong now? Absolutely. But fixing it is not us running up, handing a black person $10 and crying and saying that I'm sorry, I'm a racist (laughs) because that's not, that's not the right way. Cause if you're not racist in your heart, you're not racist. And I think that more people on both sides of the table need to realize that about themselves. If you have love in your heart for people, if you want to extend that love outwards, quit doing what they tell you to do. And that goes with anything that's going on globally right now. Because they're just herding us around like a bunch of sheep. And if we don't wake up, we're just going to, it's going to be bad. It's going to be a lot worse than it is now. And on the other hand, the weak-minded people who are who are being convinced that they need to act a certain way to to propagate an understanding within the opposite side who is, mm-hmm. lis- who is also the weak minded who are listening to the people who feel that are telling them they should feel that they are owed this. They're, they're in no better position than we are. Absolutely. And that, and that's, and that's absolutely right. And I, and I, and I've been following this movement for a long time. I, uh, Lord Jamar, um, he was with an old rap group called Brand Nubian back in the day, but he's been pretty vocal in the past 10, 20 years. He's always been very controversial with a lot of stuff he says. He's never been the pro BLM guy. Um, you know, he came out when BLM started years ago, and he was vehemently against it. Um, he came out and said, this is not something organic that black people have created. He said, white people created this for black people. So when you look at rich elite whites that create something like BLM, do you think they have your best interests at heart as a black person? I, I can't say that George Soros is a great person by any stretch. There's too much that I know about that guy. So to think that he would have the best interest of anyone is ludicrous. So when you start at the top and realize who's controlling something, then you can look at a movement and say, yeah, that just doesn't add up. 
And that's where I'm at with that. And I'll be one of the few probably white people to come out and say that, but I, I once again, I'm not the type of person that really cares and I'm willing to shoulder the backlash that comes with it because in this field, in this ideology that I live in, it's about breaking the code of the matrix. It's not about add more code to it. Anybody with a, a, even a, a mildly forward thinking brain has got to agree with that. Absolutely. Well, I do have to say that, you know, initially my, my thoughts for this, this podcast and where I thought it was going to go, though we did touch on some things that are, are paranormal and uh, some things that are considered high strangeness. Um, the conversations that we've had so far have been, to coin my phrase, uncomfortable. And, and they're, they're aspects of today's life that I don't think we can keep our minds closed to anymore. And how you decide to awaken from, from your stupor and start to see things for what they are me speaking and my listeners now is you, you have to put in some work. It's, it's not going to be handed to you. Joel, you're, you're a, a wealth of information on, on this, this type of uh, closed minded stuck in our own little bubble and, and not really seeing things for what they are. The unfortunate thing is there's not a lot of people out there like you that people can tune into and, and get, these kind of these kind of forethoughts on your right. your type of your type of truth and, and and an understanding of what's really going on behind the scenes is is not something you find many people talking about and that's unfortunate but I think a lot of people know these truths Eric well, but they're scared to talk about it and that's my hope my hopes are that, you know, some segment of my listener base is going to gravitate towards what you've said and it will spark, ignite a fire within them because it'll resonate that, that they do know things are not right. And, and maybe, maybe we should take a harder look at trying to strip away the, the layers of bullshit and, and get to what what the real things are, what the real truths are. And right. uh, I don't know that, I don't know that, unfortunately, I don't think many people are going to have the drive to do that because I think so many people are so content and so sedentary in their, in their uh, life and, and the way they feel that they're, maybe they're comfortable and, you know, none of this really pertains to them. Right. Which is unfortunate because it, it does pertain to each and every one of us. If, if these things are as prevalent as you say, and, and I don't disagree with you. The only thing I think I, I, I would probably take a different stance on is your, uh, your, your take on whether or not we've been to space or whether the earth is flatter or, or round. Cause I think, I think there's enough proof, especially, I mean, even from the simplest of, uh, I grew up in a, in a family that shoots guns. Um, target practice uh, hunting or, or whatever. Right. And at a certain point you have to start accommodating for the curvature of the earth. Right. In relation to the drop of, of a, uh, a projectile in order to make it hit its, hit its target. So I think, right. 
to to that to that extent, I think to me, I don't need much convincing as far as Earth being around. But the rest of the stuff that you talk about is, you know, it's so hard to wrap your head around the idea that there would be that that small of a segment of our our world as far as the population is concerned that can garner that much power to create disinformation that permeates the entire world's population to the point where they can pretty much go and do what they want when they want with no repercussions. And, and the majority of us are just blind to it. Yeah, absolutely. It only takes a little bit of research to start understanding how all that operates. I mean, just look at all the kids that go missing every year. Yeah. Millions. And what are these kids going? Since you say that about the kids, um, you touched on it just briefly with the, uh, with speaking about Epstein. Right. What do you know as far as the, uh, the incredible numbers of, of missing children and the, having them, you know, put into the sex trades and, and stuff like that, that, I mean, are, are these, are these same people behind all of this as well? Absolutely. I mean, this is a, this is a global movement of taking kid, kids from any aspect and basically disappearing them. You know that 8 million children go missing every year. 8 million. Why are we not riding the streets and, and, and burning cities down like we are for other stuff? Why do we not care about these innocent children? We don't care. Eight million. We, we a do year? not care. Eight million. Where do you where do you find these Where do you find these numbers? I'm just curious. You can go to Google and just put that in. You just put eight million children missing, or how many children go missing a year? Eight million. That's that's an average per year that go missing. That's unfathomable. It is. You know what we got? How many? How many people in the world? Seven point nine, I think it is now. Whatever Gates told us it was, as he's trying to depopulate us. Um, <laughs> I think it's like something like that. It's over seven billion. Yeah. So you know, eight million children go missing, and you know, there's so many child sex traffickers that get caught a lot of them been connected with very powerful people and you can just follow the breadcrumbs it's not that hard you know people wanted to get up in arms and act like pizzagate didn't exist but there was a whole lot of information there and just regular information it sure did seem like there was an awful lot of information there for something yeah, that was and I just followed being that, made up I followed that way before the Q movement started and everybody jumped on board. I call it Q's newbies really when it comes to this type of stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's been going on for a long time. And when it came to pizza gate, that was just one of those aha moments where you kind of started realizing how they operate, not just in Hollywood. You know, people want to go to the Hollywood elite. Those guys are puppets politicians are puppets. This isn't who runs the world. People get confused about who elites are. You know, the richest man in the world that they tell us is the richest man in the world, which is Jeff Bezos, isn't the richest man in the world. 
that's just who they tell us is the richest man in the world. There are families that have unbelievable wealth that we don't hear their names. They're the ones that run the world. You get to the top of that pyramid, there are families that have been around for centuries that have been working towards one moment. Their whole purpose, say they lived 60 to 100 years. In that time frame, they know they're going to die before they see the fruits of their labor, but they're willing to do their part. And then their children will do it. And their children's children will do it. It's a, it's a movement. These guys. What's their end game? I mean, for lack of a better term, New World Order, um, the Great Reset, which they're calling it now, it is globalization. They want everything to be global. I mean, that's what they're testing with cryptocurrency, how to make that move and shake between countries. You know, there's a lot of things going on, and I won't touch on that today, but there's a lot of things going on in that realm. And these missing children are part of it. It's a part of that subculture of pedophilia, drinking blood. Again, you don't have to believe that there's Satan for you to know that they believe there is. So again, to people that are not down that path yet, just know they believe it and they're willing to kill for it. Now, and you don't need to believe it, but 8 million children a year are missing. And where are they going? Yeah. Missing. 8 million. Nobody's saying a word. And they do everything they can to shut it up when it comes to social media. Anybody starts talking about it, they find a way to shut them up. Then you got to start thinking, why are they shutting everybody up? On that same vein with the adrenochrome, you know, it's it's been proven that blood drinking, the human the human body can only absorb, can only take so much blood before it rejects drinking it mm-hmm. by physically making you ill. So, is there a process that they're 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 mining this adrenochrome? From the blood? From what I understand, like blood harvesting, I'm guessing, assuming that you're going into that aspect of it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there have been people in upper tier CIA, ex-CIA, people that have come out over the past few years that have talked about it, that have said, yes, this is the thing that we're having to deal with. That weren't a part of it, but they were understanding it. Um, What about those FBI agents? was a few months ago found that sex trafficking ring were running up on them and got killed. They quote unquote stopped the sex trafficking ring. But why were those people killed on And on top of that, these are trained FBI agents who picked these people off with this. So they couldn't talk. You know, there's a lot of these things that happen that, you know, you had Anthony Bourdain. Nobody talks about the Anthony Bourdain thing, but Anthony Bourdain was vehemently, against the Clintons, vehemently against Hillary Clinton because he was down in Haiti and he realized what was going on. So he was putting out tweets. He was tagging her in the tweets, telling people that they're up to no good. How did he end up? Killed himself hanging from a doorknob, which is kind of a signature of what they do. 
A lot of people died hanging from a doorknob messing with the Clintons. I can tell you that. Really? Absolutely. I just find it funny, like, the people that go up in opposition against the Clintons always kill themselves. <laughs> it's, it's, almost, it's almost comical. Back to the clown pill. It's almost comical at this point to even think that those people have your best interest at heart. It's, it's, it's sick, really, when you think about the stuff that they do and what they do to try to push their agenda. Yeah, Clintons are just puppets. And I was going to say... Upper-tier puppets. Yeah, I mean, what what's their end game? I mean, you know, if they're, they're, just, a, they're just a puppet... You know how much how much more can they get than than they've already had? Probably not much more, but think about what they have. I mean, that's huge. I mean, they got money, power. They're untouchable. Somebody comes against them, what they die, kill themselves. I mean, it's, at, at what point? How long do you have to be involved in uh, you know, like say politics or in in Hollywood before before you get to you know, like if this is true that the the, the Clintons are, you know, have masterminded the dubious suicides of, of, of all these people. How long does it take them? At what point in their careers is there, is there a noticeable jump from, you know, Senator Clinton to, um, or uh, what was, Bill Clinton was what, a governor at one point? Right, Arkansas. Arkansas. Um is there a noticeable jump in in power that that apparently comes from you know out of nowhere? He was this, and then all of a sudden he's this. I think some guys are groomed. I, I think they're already on that path. They they've been on it early. This is just the steps to get there. I think especially with the Clintons, their involvement with Skull and Bones and the Bushes and all that. I and mean, the Bushes have been a powerful family for a long time. So you know they were. You know, George W. was groomed, you know, to be, you know, after his dad to come in and be the president for a couple of years. And I can talk about all the conspiracies with him and 9-11, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You, get, you get these families, and sometimes it's as easy as they spot out your talent. There's somebody like Bill Gates or Zuckerberg, somebody that has the knack for something and they know how, and they said, Hey, look, we like what you got. We'll take you to the next level. Just let us use what you got. We'll work together and you can be one of the richest people in the world. A lot of people are going to take that. I mean, a lot of it's just pure talent. I mean, I, I won't take talent away from people that sell their souls. Again, I, I said that earlier. Some of these musicians are absolutely phenomenal. Great musicians. And, but they're using their talent to sway people to control and manipulate because they're a part of the system and they're getting a lot out of it. They really are. I mean, when you think about it, Clintons, they're kind of untouchable. You look at a lot of these Hollywood elites. I mean, imagine waking up and knowing you can do whatever you want to do. I can go outside and kill somebody right now. And it won't matter. That's what world they live in. They live in a different stratosphere than us. They don't look at countries the same. They look at the world as their playground. They're just trying to bring the countries together so it's easier to control everything and to bring the fulfillment 
of their Luciferian doctrine, which is ultimately what they want to bring about and that they've been following for centuries. And I'm glad you brought up the, the Luciferian doctrine because I told you that I, I interviewed a, a reverend in the Church of Satan. And I actually listened to some of that interview, did you? by the way. Okay, so, you know, everything that I've been taught about the devil is that he's a great deceiver, right? Absolutely. So in my conversation with Eric Vernor, he led me down a path to that that's got nothing to do with what they are. They don't worship Satan or Lucifer or anything like that. They're, you know, but, and I, and I kind of tried to, I asked the question and I don't, I don't think he really answered which kind of answered it for me is, isn't that exactly what he would expect or want you to, to deny him so that we don't know what you're really about? Um, back to what we said, what I told you earlier, though, they have to show you in plain sight what they're doing, right? So right. it's kind of part of, they're going, it is a certain power in letting you know and knowing you won't believe it. Because the thing about it, the stuff I've talked about today, a lot of it's, in most people's minds, super fantastical. It's not even in the realm of possibility. They're going to shut it down as soon as they hear it. That's kind of the game, though. But I guess what they I'm getting They can show you. I guess what I'm getting at is with the, the, the unscrupulous mass of people that you're talking about that are doing these things, are they the same as people in the church of Satan or are Luciferians have a, are they a different offshoot of that, that, that do believe more in the dark? Yeah. I, I from what I know about, and I'm not seeing every satanic church is like this. I think they're very different depending on how they present themselves. Also, never get too caught up in the, in what a satanic member of a church says either, because once again, it's a great deceiver. So they're right. taught to deceive as well. So they're not going to tell you exactly what's going on behind the scenes. So they're not going to sit there and say that oh, Satan's real and I want to drink blood, even if they're not. They don't want to bring all that stuff up. They don't want to get into that. They want to say that the satanic doctrine is just separation of self, teaching yourself to be a god. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of them are, are touting. But the action shows something different. The symbolism shows something different. Now, granted, I think some of them do believe that. But that's kind of like your lower tier. That would be even like... Freemasons. You got your lower tier people that aren't part of the system, really. They're just there for brotherhood, and they're not. They don't understand the inner workings of what what goes on. It's the same thing in the Satanic Church, any church for that matter. So you look at that aspect of it, then yeah, I, you're right. There is that deception part of it, but when you get to that level of being able to flaunt what you're doing, because that's what they do. There's a certain uh, there's a certain level of just arrogance to be able to flaunt that you do whatever you want. You can destroy anybody and all of these things, but it'd be masked behind. There's no way that could even be true. So nobody believes it. Mm-hmm. It's so fantastic so, yeah, I, that it couldn't be true. Right. And I you think know, and he did, he did at one point. Yeah. And he did at one point 
say that, you know, if, if he were to be honest with me and let me know, you know, major heads of business and people who were in government in the, the local, he said, if I told you that a, an aide to a, a city official was one of their biggest members, why would he come out and tell anybody that would that not affect his, he, he was asking me, he said, would that not affect his chances for reelection? And, you know, would it not take away his livelihood if he was completely open and honest about being in the church of Satan? Right. Exactly. A lot of deception, a lot of deception. And that's where you have to try to like weave through the mist in a sense. Yeah. We try to figure out what the truth is. Well, listen, Joel, we're at the two hour mark. To be honest with you, I think we could probably go another hour easily. <laughs> I, you know, it, it's it's been an exhausting conversation. Not that it's it's a difficult thing to talk to you, but the the amount of mental power to absorb the the topics that we've been talking about is uh, is crazy. I just, yeah. I, I don't even know, I don't even know how to really end this in a, in a proper way. So I guess, uh, I guess what I'll do is this. I think it'd be apropos to lead out of this two hour segment with uh, a song that you provided to the show. I think if you listen to the lyrical content, you will be, you, you'll, you'll, <laughs> I, I, I can't, when I listen to this song, I can't. I just cannot believe the amount of context that you were able to fit into this song. I mean, right. literally, almost every line is a, a WTF. I can't, I can't. I can't believe. <laughs> I can't believe he just said that. So, I think. I think we'll 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 close up tonight with a with a huge thank you to Joel. Quickly before we go, tell everybody where they can get a hold of your music, where your social okay, media if is. You, if you go to Apple Music, Spotify, Title, any of the 30, 40 that are out there right now, um, just look up Joel Thomas. Um, I'll be directly connected with Quan Duke, who's also in this song that you're about to listen to called Cognitive Dissonance. Uh, we just put out an EP called Van Tesla Double Dose two great songs on there. We did put out a Van Tesla album before that in January. There's about six songs on that. A lot of great content there as well. More music on the way. Uh, just look up Joel Thomas or Quan Duke on any of those platforms. We do pop up pretty quick there. If you're looking for us on social media, you will find us on Instagram at Van underscore Tesla underscore for our main hub. That's where you're going to get all the information of the new stuff coming out. Uh, we put a lot of memes, a lot of information on there too. So we do mix it up. We try to get a lot of things out there. we got a lot of really cool stuff in store. I don't want to talk about it here yet because it's getting close. And once it does, you'll be able to get it there. You can follow us separately at Johnny underscore idol underscore. That's me. That's one of my uh, alter egos that I do when I kind of go into Johnny Cash mode. And <laughs> I do love Johnny Cash. And Quan Duke is going to be at Quan Duke. It's all together. 
You can catch all of our stuff there. Um, we got a lot coming this year. Hopefully, more podcasts on the way. Definitely more music about to hit all year. So we definitely want to keep putting out good information, good truths, and keep growing ourselves, mind, body, and spirit. And hopefully, you'll do the same. Well said. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to close the show with Cognitive Dissidence from Van Tesla. Joel, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Eric. Everyone I know back home be dodging ops. Every girl I know back home be running plots. Contractually speaking, I made a court off stocks and everything is paid off. And I'm still punching in the clock because I know the end game. The game don't end. Cognitive dissonance in your frame. Your feelings thin. Let's open up the cars. I want to see you out now. Let's open your face. Put a stupid ass mask on. Beefing on. Grab the horns. I'm milking cash. Devils on why the black we got a spaz Catch your body if that's your hobby But just probably open your mind Catch your body if that's your hobby But just probably open your mind I'm feeling so young I must have gotten to Pelosi's adrenochrome stash Baby's blood That's a sore spot I went to Black Bourdain Hanging from a doorknob Dystopia, my zeitgeist Don Lemon says that white guys Are the problem Then he goes and dates a white guy If I'm white, I'm a racist But if I do the history The Underground Railroad Was started by black and white racists Then why are we tearing down Statues of Lincoln And fall for emancipation I'm losing the last of my patience I got a shoddy And I'll get your body If you push a Pfizer or Johnson And Johnson on me I'll take it for now my bones are like two Mr. Potato Heads Yes, yeah, said mister You tell me the Chinese are cultured The Uyghurs are dying in prisons For religion, the oppression I'm mixing the Q-drops with Mainstream And Tupac with Alex Jones and Catherine Fitz And cook me up a stew pot And calculate the truth Cause a portion is a psyop I'm tying my own news I cut my own hair off To make you see I'm Van Gogh in the flesh Everyone I know back home Dodging ops, every girl I know back home be running plots. Contractually speaking, I made a court off stocks, and everything is paid off. And I'm still punching in the clock, cause I know the end game. The game don't end. Cognitive dissonance in your frame, you feel us there. Let's open up the cars, I wanna see you out now. Let's open your face, put a stupid ass mask on. Beefing on.
yourself, you just said fuck you At the bottom of the bottom, like plankton in this bucket A century plan crisis, stamped with a baby's footprint The truth will set you free from them bloody ass newsprints You're not fighting power, you just giving power back But I distribute power free, I'm Nicola and the Everyone I know back home, forgot a lot Every girl I know back home, be running plots Social media speaking out like people more than bots And I just clean my ass the clubs without a vax now let's all agree together Fauci is an ass clown put Bill Gates in a fool Nelson till he taps out devil's in room white or black we got a spaz catch up So stick around.